Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. This is Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports. Streaming through the Seattle Sports app. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. Here we go now. The voice of the Mariners joining us now on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline, Rick Riz. Riz, we got the first spring training game we're going to hear live this coming up in an hour. Uh, we're going to dive into this one. Plenty of preview to come, but uh, tell us a bit, you know, who's on the mound? What's the matchup in this one? Well, it's going to be uh, Robbie Ray going for the Mariners right out of the chute. First of all, it's great to be with you here on opening day of the 2023 Cactus League season. So uh, thank you for the invite. Uh, we've got a little sunshine out here, but Robbie Ray is going for the Mariners today, Nick Martinez will get the start for the Padres, and I can't wait uh, for the first pitch coming up in about an hour. We're also going to see Diego Castillo, Penn Murphy, and a few other guys out of the bullpen. So uh, the 2023 baseball season, Stacy and Bump, is just about ready to get underway with our first game here at spring training, and I can't wait for that first pitch. It's going to be fun. Yeah, Riz, I'm excited too, man. You got your, your stopwatch with you? You, you, you doing yeah, the pitch clock? <laughs> yeah. What's going on there? Oh, my goodness. I mean, baseball, everybody says baseball is going to look different. No, baseball is going to look the same again, guys. We're going back to the way it used to be played, you know, 15, 20 years ago with no defensive shifts. We're going to see two guys on the left side, two guys on the right side. Uh, we're going to, another rule of the bigger bases, we'll see how that plays. But the thing that's really going to change the game is the, the pitch timer. So I was talking with Skip yesterday. Uh, and I said, it's going to change the way that uh, we broadcast and the way we watch a game because we're going to be watching that yeah. clock. You know, a pitcher has 15 seconds to deliver a pitch uh, to the hitter with nobody on base, 20 seconds with somebody on base. And the, the other key, and this may be the biggest key, is that hitter has to be ready within seven seconds. He's got to be ready by eight seconds on that clock. And if he's not, it's a strike. If the pitcher takes too long, a second too long, it's a ball. So uh, we're going to have one eye on the clock and then another eye on whatever is going on at the time, and it's going to be interesting to see how it all works out. But they have, you know, five weeks to figure it out here at spring training to get used to it, to make adjustments. Pitchers that took a lot of time are really going to have to hurry up and change their routine. But it's going to be great for baseball. The ball is going to be in play a lot more. The pace of play is going to be much improved. The time of game is going to be – a lot different. It's uh, it's carved off, uh, I think, 24 minutes average down in the minor leagues. So uh, we'll see how it works out here at spring training, but they're definitely going to have to make adjustments. Riz, the first person I thought about when um, I'm picturing the hitters in the batter's box having to be ready at eight seconds is Nomar Garcia-Para, man. He used to fix those gloves oh. three or four times, man. Is there anyone yeah, on this team exactly. that, that has a routine like that? No, uh, they don't, uh, you know, guys, you know, don't, you know, have all that stuff that they do. I love the way Julio gets into the box. He kind of jumps into the batter's box and he's ready to go. But the guy that stood out for me and I'm going way back is Mike Hargrove. They, his nickname bump and Stacy was the human rain delay. <laughs> he took so long to get ready between pitches. And I would, I timed him one time and Mike eventually became. He was a, a great first baseman and then eventually became a manager for the Mariners. But I timed him one time. It took 43 seconds to get ready to oh hit. Wow. So that's not going to happen. <laughs> but you're right, Garcia Parra would bite his batting gloves and twist and, you know, 
uh, he did all kinds of gyrations. But you won't see that anymore. It has got to be ready within seven seconds. Was that like gamesmanship that he was doing, or was he just like, I have my thing? No. He's got my thing. <laughs> just you know, his thing. It, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a thing to get him ready before the next pitch and the next pitch and the next pitch. It gives him time to think about. You know what the what pitcher's going to throw him? Edgar Martinez did the same thing, but not he didn't go through all those gyrations. He knew what the pitcher was going to throw him before the pitcher knew what he was going to throw. But it was just it was just his thing. We're going to talk um, plenty about the pitch clock. I think we've found that that's where most of the questions come from listeners or that's where most of the conversation leads. But I did want to talk about the shift for a minute because, Riz, I think there are some young hitters that could benefit from that here on this team. Who are you most curious about? All the left-handed hitters, because now, you know, with the defensive shifts the last uh, 10, 12, 15 years, it was basically uh, for the left-handed hitters. And You saw the shortstop behind second base or on the other side of second. The second baseman was in shallow right field. The first baseman could play near the line. Uh, the center fielder was toward right center. You, you had five guys over there. And I, I was watching the Major League Baseball Network uh, the other day, and uh, I was watching Ozzie Smith, and and they're changing the defensive shifts now where we're going to put the ball more in play. But Ozzie Smith said, you know, it wasn't the defensive shifts that have made the game different. It says the refusal of the guys to hit the ball the other way. The whole left side of the infield would be wide open. You know, and back in the day, everybody could hit the ball the other way, and now they're going to be able to do that. But it's really going to help the left-handed pull hitters because now – they have a lot more green grass to go after out there in right field. You won't see that hard hit line shot to the second baseman in shallow right field. There's going to be more action, more base hits, and uh, you know I'm going to I'm going to love it. I'm I'm glad to see that. And and the shortstop and the second baseman, it's going to be great because they can be athletes. I, I've talked to J.P. Yeah. Crawford about this, Stacy and Bump. You know, I could be a shortstop. Uh, you know, more than seventy percent of the time, our shortstop was a Eugenio Suarez. <laughs> You know, our third baseman was over there, and J.P. was behind second or the other side of second base. He said, now I can go make that play to my right in the hole. I can dive for a ball up the middle, and we're going to see more athletic plays, you know, from our shortstops and our second baseman. If there were shifts back in the day, you'd never see Derek Jeter, you know, catch that ball in the stands down the left field line. Uh, And thank goodness we won't see Manny Machado, a third baseman, make a catch in the right field corner. So the baseball has really changed over the last 15 years, and now it's we're going back to the future, and I love it. Riz, I remember growing up, and uh, my grandfather used to watch the Cactus League and all these games, and it was a different kind of excitement. There's not thousands of people there. Um, what's it like for you? You know, you call a lot of good, big games at T-Mobile Park, and you call these um, these spring league type games. Um, what's the feeling like for you? It's, I, I would assume you're still excited, but but kind of fill us in what that's like. Oh, bump! I, yeah, very excited because of what the Mariners have done the last couple of years. You know, almost getting to the playoffs two years ago, then getting to the playoffs last year when Cal Raleigh hit that home run off of Domingo Acevedo, 47,000 fans at T-Mobile Park. And I'm looking around right now. Right now, you know, before the ball game, uh, I was down at Field 1, and there's a large group of fans just watching the team. They were waiting for the team to come out to have an early practice before you know, the game coming up here in about 45 minutes from now. And there's just more and more fans showing up down here in pure Arizona for the spring. They're excited. And I think we're already sold out an opening day against the yeah. Cleveland Guardians on March the 30th. So uh, it, it's a lot of fun. The fans 
create the excitement. I remember back in the days, you know, when I first got to Seattle, Bump and Stacey in 1983, we'd be at Tempe Diablo Stadium. and My goodness, there'd be maybe 300 people out of the ballpark. But now, different story, a lot of excitement. Jerry DePoto has done a great job building this franchise, the farm system. These kids are coming to the big leagues, and they had played such a big role last year. Julio Rodriguez, the Rookie of the Year, Matt Brash, Logan Gilbert, George Kirby, Andres Munoz. And uh, so there's a lot of excitement, and it shows, and we'll see it in the crowd uh, coming up here in the next few minutes. Have you noticed a lot of off-season you know, questions you're getting from people? Because I'm sure people recognize you, and they go, oh, my God, Rick Riz. Do you notice oh, there's yeah. just more excitement in the off-season and more questions and, and just kind of like a hunger for this season to start from fans? Absolutely, Stacy. Everywhere I went, uh, people would see me and, and say hello and want to talk a little baseball. I don't know if I should talk baseball. I said, I'd love to talk baseball with you. <laughs> you know, at Christmas time at the Bellevue Square Ball or my favorite coffee shop, the Isquaw Coffee Company there at Gilman Village and Isquaw. The fans are just pumped up. Yeah. And uh, I, I just met one fan down here at spring training and and she said, you know, I, I didn't follow baseball at all until last year. So, uh, and I'll never forget uh, in the playoff run in 1995, when uh, in early September we were weren't drawn that well, and all of a sudden the Mariners started winning. Junior came back, remember, and uh, the Angels kept losing, and all of a sudden we're having you know 40, 50,000 people in the kingdom. And there was a news report. They interviewed a guy outside the the kingdom, and he asked him, "When did you become a Mariners fan?" And he said, "Thursday." <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, so it was, I love it. it was the excitement that that team generated and what this organization has generated over the last couple of years. And it's, it's really great to see the fans. And, and I interviewed uh, Scott Service on the pregame show coming up here in a little while, uh, about an hour or so ago. And we wrapped up the interview. And before we wrapped up, he said, Rick, I just want to say, you know, uh, something about the fans down here and the excitement of the fans up in Seattle. But he, he wanted to make it take an extra second to thank the fans and what they mean to his baseball team and to this organization. So that was great. Riz, um, this is a young ball club, but you're around this team a lot. And what have you seen in the development and maturation of this team? Obviously you have Julio and Cal and all these guys. It's only been a year, but I would assume that something has changed about them a little bit. And are they still able to keep that youthfulness about them at the same time? Oh, absolutely. There's, there's still kids, you know, Logan Gilbert. Now this is going to be his third season of the big leagues. He came up a couple of years ago and, and really came into his own last year with 13 wins was one of the best pitchers in the league. We saw the maturation process of George Kirby a year ago at this time. He didn't make the ball club. Matt Brash did in the standard rotation. George went down to double a, and then Matt went down to triple a to go become a reliever. And that really worked out very well. And now here's George Kirby, one of the better starters on this team in, in the American League. And Cal Raleigh really came into his own uh, last year. And I'm looking in uh, Andres Munoz as well. So I'm looking for Jared Kelnick to really have a great spring. I think he's one of the keys to this organization. He's still a young guy. He's only 22, 23 years of age, just loaded with talent. Uh, and I think it was a great idea by Jerry to bring in a veteran guy like A.J. Pollock. Uh, right-handed hitter to play left field and Jared left-handed hitter against the righties to give Jared a little bit more time, you know, to figure things out. And he will, there's just too much talent in this kid. And then, you know, you had this wave of talent come through and help out in the big leagues. You had 
a number of talented young players that were involved in trades to acquire Luis Castillo. Mm-hmm. You know, they gave the Cincinnati Reds a lot of talent, but that's why this farm system was so good. They can use the guys in trades and also bring them to the big leagues. That's the main goal. But I'm looking forward to seeing Harry Ford this spring, a young catcher who they drafted out of high school, Bryce Miller, uh, and so many other young players that are on their way as well. Hey, uh, Riz, Bump and I a while ago were talking about like one thing we were really excited about for the season, and I love Bump's answer, Bump, not to steal this from you, but Bump said, uh, I'm really excited for Robbie Ray to be able to bounce back because the final lasting taste was obviously, uh, you know, that game in Houston, and, and it was so awful, <laughs> such an awful feeling, but but he had yeah. had such a great season, and, and there was a point when the starting rotation was keeping this game in it, and this team doesn't make the playoffs without Robbie, without Luis Castillo. And so uh, when you think about kind of like a story, a potential for a story, whether it's a bounce back, whether it's someone writing their own narrative, like what are you or who are you most excited for this year? Just the potential for them to say, like, I want to prove to you guys something. Well, I think, you know, one of the, you know, Robbie Ray was pitching at a role that he didn't pitch in. You know, he came on in relief and yeah, he gave up that home run to Jordan Alvarez, but this guy was the Cy Young Award winner the previous year. Uh, he's going to have another great year. But the guy that I think, uh, you know, that was a great question. The guy I want to see is Tom Murphy. Tom Murphy last year, Stacy and Bump, got off to a great start, you know, and then hurt his shoulder and had surgery and was out for the year. This guy worked so hard to get ready for last season and then missed basically the whole year. But that paved the way for a young catcher like Cal Riley to come in and get the job done. So it's great to have that, you know, youth and the talent ready to go, but I'm looking for Tom Murphy to bounce back and, and have a great year. So uh, that would be the one guy I'm, I'm going to watch uh, this spring. And he's, there's no question. He's in great shape again. Uh, he's happy and he's going to really help out. And Scott service said the, uh, yesterday that, you know, We'll have Cal catch maybe 100 ball games, so you still need that other guy to be yeah. there and be ready, and, and Tom Murphy definitely is ready. Well, and hey, we've seen an example of a team uh, somewhat recently that had two great catchers, so I like the sound of that. I'm very cool with that. He is yeah. the voice of the Mariners, Rick Riz. This game starting in about 45 minutes, you guys. First one of spring training. We're all very excited. Rick, you're very busy. you got to prep for this. We're going to let you go, but thank you for joining us. Thanks, Riz. Anytime, Stacy. Anytime, Bump. Thank you very much. I uh, can't wait for that first pitch. This hour of Bump and Stacey's brought to you by Advanced Hair Restoration. Let's get to Four Down Territory. This is Four Down Territory. Going inside, inside the, the game. game with former Seahawks and Coug wide receiver Michael Bumpus. First down, my Seattle Sea Dragons. Failed to get the win last night, but there was some improvement. What did you see last night, Bump? There was some improvement. Denucci. 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 He got Denucci. Now, he did turn the ball over one time, but, man, he was 19 of 29. He looked okay. And I also like the way they got their run game going. Last game, only rushed for under 100 yards. Mm-hmm. That 103 average, 4.9 per carry. And Ellison and Knox, that's a nice little one-two combo. Knox only had three rushes, but he had 15 yards. I'm just looking at the expansion of this offense. Pearson led the team last year in receptions. Or excuse me, last week in receptions. Didn't this time a new leading receiver. Josh Gordon had one for 33. I'm just looking at the way this offense is kind of molding. Mm-hmm. And they got some work to do. And they have to take care of the football. But it felt like when a play needed to 
be made, they made a play. Danucci goes down the field, leads him on a drive to have them go up, but then St. Louis Battlehawks do what they've done all year, two weeks in a row. They come back and win the ball game. Uh, defensively, they have to get after the quarterback. A.J. McCarron, man, it's funny watching these guys. And Pro is on the uh, on the, the Battlehawks as well. I he would played not expect in the NFL. that a team led by A.J. McCarron would be 2-0. No, 2-0. In any league. He's He might be the best quarterback in the XFL right Lost now to him. and and good for him man so i see improvement it was a, an exciting game last night again i'm watching the dragons and the kraken and the lakers and it was a it was a good night but i see improvement but they need to get better at tackling that's a familiar um, struggle here in oh. Seattle. Overall, there is improvement. They should be one and one, but they are zero two. Maybe year. there's something in the air. Second down. There's a new OC in DC as well as a new QB. Oh, I like that. That's like clever. that? Yeah. Bars. <laughs> Bars. Terry McLaurin says Sam Howell's game against Dallas was a good start. What did you see in the young QB's only start? So initially, when I heard that quote, I made the. You tripping face. You know, when you scrunch up your lips. Terry, you don't mean that. Like, come on, man. So then what I did, I went back and I looked at Sam Howell against the Dallas Cowboys. Guess what? They beat the Dallas Cowboys. So I went back and I looked at his stats. He was 11 to 19, 169, one touchdown, one interception at five rushes for 35 yards and a touchdown. That's just the stats. Let me tell you about what I saw. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at this young man. He's mobile enough. Right, he's mobile enough. He's getting outside the pocket. He did have a rushing touchdown. He buys himself some time. He throws a nice deep ball, and he played with some anticipation. There were some throws that were in the dirt. There were some throws that were behind receivers. But for the most part, if you go 11 to 19, that's a decent day. You turn the ball over one time. And then I started looking at his weapons. McLaurin over there, a 1,000-yard receiver. Jahan Dotson out of Penn State. This dude's a baller, man. He only had 523 as far as yardage, but seven touchdowns. This dude is explosive. I'm looking at his route running. I'm saying, you got a legit one-two combo over there. Then I look at the run game. You got Gibson over there. He had 546 for three touchdowns. He had Robinson, the guy, many men wish death many upon men. me, bounce back. He has 797 and two touchdowns. I'm like, hold on. Hold on. If Sam Howe can take care of the football, <laughs> if they can run that thing, you got two receivers on the outside. You know what you're missing? You're missing a tight end, Eric Bieniemy. So what you need to do, you need to go get this man a tight end. And the two best tight ends in the country is Michael Mayer over there from Notre Dame and my favorite, Dalton Kincaid out of Utah. I'm looking at this Washington commander situation, Stacey, and I'm saying their defense is all right. Can Eric Bieniemy tap into something with Sam Howell and get him to perform at a high level? They got some weapons. I have to take a closer look at this commander's team and see what's going on. List of things I don't love hearing today. Number one, that anyone was trying to fire Pete and John. Number two, <laughs> uh, that Bobby is going to get a new team and it might not be Seattle. Though understandable. Number three, that there's another team in the NFC we now may have to watch out for. Man, I don't I'm, like hearing Young that. quarterback. I don't expect him to come out and light it up and win 12 games. I'm just saying. There is a foundation there. It starts with their defense. Hey. They have weapons. A young quarterback. Let's see if Eric can shut all the haters up and be like, watch me work. I would love that. Third down. Let's talk Seahawks. Who on Seattle's team deserves a few more touches in 2023? This guy's a workhorse, man. He um, And also, let me point out, I am a director of this All-Star game. One of the directors called uh, Cleats versus Cancer. My guy, Derek Sparks, passed away a year ago. He started this game five years ago. 
And this dude showed up to this game. No one even asked him to show up. He showed up to this game and shows his support. That's DJ Dallas. I think he deserves some touches. He's a guy who's going to play in this league eight to ten years because he can do multiple things. He can run down on special teams, make a tackle. Um, he's a return guy, and he can run the football. I think that if you go into this season, obviously you're going to have Kenneth Walker. I hope you sign Rashad Penny back. But DJ Dallas. Didn't have that many touches this year, but when he did touch the football, he was explosive. The last two seasons, he's had the best preseason out of anybody on this roster. Yeah. So I'm looking at DJ Dallas, man, and I've met the guy. He's a big Kraken fan. He needs a couple more touches, whether that be in the pass game, the run game. I don't care how you do it. He deserves it. Let him get it. You know what's a bummer for Seattle? Uh, I don't think that they have drafted defensive linemen especially well. They have drafted running backs well. Those running backs just haven't stayed healthy. Yeah. Like, this is going to – you might disagree with me, you being general you, uh, is uh, – I thought C.J. Procise had a ton of potential. He did. A ton of potential to be this, like, you know, Alvin Kamara type. Not saying he'd be Alvin Kamara, but he was great as a receiver – and pass catcher and then great as a runner uh, could be really elusive uh, bigger than you thought and like Penny in theory a great pick right Carson phenomenal pick uh, like they've had so many guys in here where you're like Thomas Rawls briefly as a rookie as an undrafted guy uh, where you were like oh this could really work out and just no one stays healthy but start out here in the streets. I really is fourth down Jeff Bezos who I give money to every day, is in the mix when it comes to purchasing the Washington Commanders. Do you like this possibility? So at first, I saw his name, and I go, dude already is worth $120 billion. Like, what? Why? Why get into football, man? Like, stop world hunger. In some wars. Like, there's so many other things that you could do with your money. And then as I'm, I'm writing my thoughts out, I go, hold on. This might be good. Switch it up. Go get a, a nerd with a lot of money in yeah. the NFL that has no connection to the Shield. This family hasn't owned this team for X amount of years, and his way of thinking is different. Go ahead and mix this thing up, man. Shake it up. So now I'm like, go ahead, Bezos. You go ahead and get it. But here's the thing. Um, Snyder has a beef with Bezos because he owns the Post, and the Post had a lot of bad things about Snyder. So he might not want to sell to him. He Instead of the value of the Commanders is around $7 million, he might tax him for 10 Bezos is like, I'll make that up in Nothing a quarter a year. Yeah. Don't worry about that. So as I got into it, I'm looking at Bezos, and I'm like, you know what? You've already transformed your body. Somehow your rips, when you first own Amazon, you, you were just a nerdy little Money. dude. Money does great things. You could be doing so many good things in this world, uh, but you want to own a football team? Go ahead and own a football team and mix it up. I'm with it. <laughs> Let's see what's on tap. This is What's On Tap with Bump and Stacy, brought to you by Dick's Driving. So, folks... What's on tap? The Mariners. That's on tap. Taking on the San Diego Padres at the top of the hour, about a little over a half hour from now, right here on Seattle Sports Station. Pre-game begins at noon. First pitch is at 1210. Here is your lineup. Wong, Rodriguez, France, Hernandez, Suarez, Kalnick, Murphy, Crawford, Ford, Ray on the mound. You did not hear Cal Raleigh's name. I wouldn't worry about it, though. Uh, Curtis, you pointed this out rightfully. Murphy trying to get him some more at-bats in there. Some Welcome babies. him back to the team. And Rats. Shannon Dreyer said she wasn't especially concerned about it unless there's some injury, which it doesn't sound like there is. So don't worry. If Big Dumper isn't out there, you still get to watch uh, Murphy return. All right. You are listening to Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. We've got some updates on the Pac-12 media rights deal. I'm just not sure you're going to like it. That's next. This is The Timeline with Bump and Stacy, Brought to you by 1-800-DUIOA. It is the 
timeline on Bump and Stacy reading you the top stories you're going to see in your own timeline and a lot of today's top stories well that we haven't already covered that is Russell Wilson's probably the most popular story on your timeline but let's get to the Pac-12 some not so great quotes from those involved in Pac-12 media rights negotiations let's get to it this one is ASU AD Ray Anderson who talks about the new media rights deal potential our presidents and chancellors are going to get to a place where a media rights deal and a grant of rights is done uh, and it, it may not be the projections originally contemplated but uh, will be a solid enough financial uh, situation to keep this conference together. A uh, solid enough financial situation to keep the conference together is I guess the bare minimum I'm okay accepting uh, but saying it's not really the deal that we originally contemplated certainly lets you know where this conference has fallen. Of course is not what you think it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I you know I'm just um, if you're looking at me in the stream right now, you know exactly how I'm feeling. Seattlesports.com. I am just very disappointed, and I'm just worried because it might be a um, it might be a band aid for now, but yeah. the effects of this situation, I'm we're gonna see when my son is getting ready to go to college. He's 12 years old, got about six years until he's about to gear up and go to college, and mm-hmm. hopefully he goes to a packed. 12 school. I don't care if, if it's for sports or not. Stay home. And the way that he's going to view the conference is going to be completely different from the way we viewed it growing up. And it hurts. What do they call this? The Conference of Champions? Is that what, what they used to call us, what they call us? And yep. it's just, it makes me worried for the future of this conference. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been some speculation of where our games might be broadcast, and that really concerns well, me. We're going to get to that in a minute. Uh, first, let's play uh, this sound from John Wilner. He's a reporter for San Jose Mercury News, um, and he's just talking about uh, where the Pac-12's deal will be compared to the Big 12's. I don't know if there's a magic number. You know, the Big 12 is getting $31.7 million per school. Uh the, the Pac-12 isn't making as much money on its media deal now as the Big 12 is. Uh, so I don't think it's going to beat the Big 12. I think it's got to be in, in some kind of reasonable range, you know. Uh, high 20s, you know, would certainly probably be satisfactory. So bringing in less than every other conference. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah we good, we good. More bad news. We and good. finally, let's get to a report. There is something else uh, saying that that report is false. Worth reading it anyway. Uh, the Action Network's Brett McMurphy uh, reported that Apple still hasn't made a formal offer for Pac-12 media rights. If you guys remember, the other day when we were talking about this, Apple uh, was the streaming service that seemed most likely the landing spot for the Pac-12. But one TV network has emerged with interest, the Ion Network. Big part. Yes. The Ion isn't Network. That, isn't that like an element or something? Ion? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they just show reruns on that channel, right? Well, Do they no, have any original me. programming? They have uh, A Christmas Kiss. Uh, they have Flashpoint, Private Eyes, uh, which, oh, I'm sorry, that ended last year. Um, oh, and Flashpoint ended in 2012. I'm not helping myself. Look, Ion Network has things. Bones? You want to be on it's the a, network with Bones? It's a re- I do. Okay. NCIS, one of the most popular shows. Is, is, is the one with LL? Yes. Okay. Uh, the, athletics, the athletics Stuart Mandel says, though, that that report isn't true. He said the Ion Scripps Sports is not involved in the Pac-12's um, TV rights negotiations. A source with direct knowledge of the situation tells the athletic. Even then, the fact that this report 
got to McMurphy and also was very believable tells you where the conference is right now. Yeah, it really does. It tells you that we are desperate. We're not very attractive. And uh, we're waiting until the end of the night to try to grab somebody who struck out three or four times with that young man or young lady on the dance floor. And we're the last option. And it doesn't feel good. It makes me worried. I am an employee of the Pac-12 network. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the people who work there. They work hard. They're informative. They're smart. Yeah. And if you knew what was happening in that building, man, you would uh, – I think that the Pac-12 network will become way more attractive to other people. But it comes down to um, just the product that you put out on the football field. How did the Pac get here? How? I know that's a huge Larry. question. Good old Larry. Do you think Larry was the biggest force? Oh, yeah, most definitely. He was yeah. the biggest force. He he like valued hubris. the conference yeah. at a uh, at a number or um, his Overall perception value, yeah. of the of the conference. Was, it just wasn't real. It wasn't reality. I appreciate his ambition. You you want a leader to be ambitious and to try to get in front of things, but it just wasn't realistic. Mm-hmm. So now Kleekoff is here. And he's never dealt with administration before. He's just a Vegas guy. So when he first got the job, I'm thinking, okay, promote, promote, promote. He's going to get everything out there. And who knows what he's dealing with. And that's another thing with leaders is that it's not just the leader at the top making all these decisions. There's board members. There's executives. There's everyone else. So he's never been in this situation before. He's inherited a mess. I don't know what his board looks like. It just looks like there's there's no real direction. And now we are bottom feeders hoping that someone like Ion, even though it's fake, if it is fake, I hope it's fake, just just brings us on. And hopefully we put a product out there that people just want to see. It's, it, it's disappointing. It is really disappointing. At this point, I'd be fine with seeing Pac-12 games on MTV. <laughs> VH1? <laughs> what are other networks you guys would be like, you know what? I'll settle for this at this point. Like, I would love, like, Man, you know, uh, travel. I I'll, I think MTV would be great. Like, hey, Teen Mom 2, then coming up, you got Oregon, Washington. <laughs> Lifetime. Lifetime. Oh, man. Can you <laughs> imagine? Their movies. Oh, amazing. I would absolutely My love date that. with a axe murderer. Now, I'm a huge fan of Bravo, so I think it would be great to have uh, Real Housewives. You can have and- Real Housewives of each market. Real Housewives of Berkeley. That's what I'm saying. Real Housewives Scottsdale, of Palo Scottsdale. Real yeah. Housewives of, uh, I don't know if Real Housewives of, you know, Eugene, Portland, whatever, would, would be a Very thing, granola, but we could do it. In, yeah, in they, <laughs> but they're still really like... Uh, like upscale and like um you know just very into very expensive yoga classes spike tv someone says spike tv <laughs> i just the idea of pac-12 games having to be like we'll just can we just take the h1 please oh man <laughs> can you give us anything we'll take it it's tough it's a bummer so anyways the latest thing you need to know is there was a report that ion network would be interested the I athletic know. denied that what is true is uh from John Wilner that the Pac-12's New Deal will probably finish behind the Big 12s and from ASUAD Ray Anderson that the Pac-12 media rights deal is not going to be in the vision that ADs in the conference originally expected. Come on, Apple. We need you now, Apple. Get a deal done. But this is how, this is how you combat this. You need all the remaining colleges, these coaches. You go out and you recruit your you-know-what-off. Alumni, you guys donate. We need to get NILs going. If you want to change things, you got you got to put out a product on the football field that is undeniable. That's what we're seeing out of USC. We need the Oregon's. We need the University of Washington's, Oregon State's. 
we got to go out there and recruit and put some money in these young athletes' hands so we get some ballers, man. All right, next story here. I got about a minute and a half left, but I wanted to talk about uh, something you guys are going to see promoted a ton, so let's spend 30 seconds on it. Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury. If you are not a big boxing fan, you're like, why do I care about this? If you are a boxing fan, you're thinking, why do I care about this? Because Jake (laughs) Paul has not taken on a real boxer yet, and yet two years after he's began his career, he is somehow like maybe up to the task. He's going to be fighting Tommy Fury this weekend. Tommy is the younger brother of Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury, obviously, an amazing, amazing, amazing champion. Uh, But Tommy isn't bad. He's 23. He's undefeated through eight pro fights. Uh, He's also competed in 12 amateur fights. So I think this is a pretty fair match. It's the real first test for Jake Paul, and it's a chance for Tommy Fury to expose himself to American audiences, get out of his brother's shadow. I'm low-key hyped for this one. I am, too. The other ones... I was intrigued. You know, let me see what this uh, YouTuber does. But he's fighting a real boxer, man. So I'm I'm hyped for this. You know, I'm definitely going to tune in. I'm going to see how this goes down. And I'm, you know what, say what you want about Jake Paul. I'm impressed with what he's been able to do. Same. Started off on, on YouTube, blew that thing up, transitioned to a boxer, getting getting paid. Everyone wants to see him fall. He's created a character um, that everyone hates, a villain. He's... He's maximized all of his talents and um, has kept us locked in for and a few years. And if he defeats Fury, you eventually have to say, like, hey, his, like, um, you know, journey into boxing that yeah. originally seemed like this big fake attention-grabbing thing is kind of becoming legit. Yeah. And for someone to get involved in it that late, it's pretty impressive, even though he's not especially likable, and I get that. You got to give him props if this works out. Uh, I'm kind of low key rooting for Tommy Fury, though, who is a contestant on Love Island, one of my favorite shows. Just putting that out there. All right, we are wrapping <laughs> things up with what I need to know. It's coming your way next. Get your questions in. Any question you have, text it now to the Mac and Jack's text line, 866 979 3776. Again, 866 979 3776. That's next. Bumpin' Stacy, Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. On Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. It's What I Need to Know, brought to you by All Red Heating, Cooling Electric. Get your questions in now. Any question you have to the Mac and Jack's text line, that number is 866-979-3776. Let's start here. Uh, what I need to know, what are you guys more excited for? You have three choices. Mariners opening day, Seahawks draft day, or the crack in making the playoffs. Mm. Now, two are going to happen for sure. One is maybe going to happen, but I'm just going to go ahead and pen it in as a yes. Um, you know what? I'm going to say just the Seahawks draft day because they've never been in this position before with yeah. that number five pick. And there's so many baseball games in a season yes. that um, I can I can start off slow layup lines and work up to a to a you know full full speed i'm also not going to opening day i'm going to the next the next uh two games but i didn't get it because i have a show that i'm going to that was planned like months ago show what kind of show it's a like a comedy show like i'm in attendance like we got tickets to go see it i'm pretty sure we'll be broadcasting from the park that day well no but it'll be during our show time wait so you have that day off who does a comedy show in the middle of the day it's not the middle of the day it's the evening. I'm just not going to open the opening day game. Okay. Mm. I'm moving Is on. Is this with Brian? No, it's not with Brian, although he would certainly take me anywhere I wanted. <laughs> What I need to know, uh, what does it mean to be a P1 listener? Fiance says any radio host worth their salt would know what a P1 listener is. <laughs> but what does that mean? Am I one? Uh, any radio host does know what that is because it's just basic 
language. Uh, it would just mean you're you're someone who listens regularly. Where no matter what you talk about, you're gonna listen. You're, it's like no matter what episode of a podcast I listen to. Like I listen to a podcast that like um, talks about like murders or whatever because I'm basic. And no matter what they talk about, I'm gonna listen because I just mm-hmm. kind of enjoy listening. And I know uh, things about them because I listen all the time. P2 would be like, maybe I listen if it's one I'm interested in. So P2 would be like, um, hey, I am I don't really listen to your show, but I love Marco Gonzalez, so I'm going to tune in for this interview. Right, right. Yeah. So, anyways, moving on. Uh, what <laughs> lingo we use around here. What I need to know, what's one player from another baseball team to fit on the Mariners, other than Otani and Judge? Uh- my first pick was going to be Otani or Judge. So if you take out Otani, Judge, Mike Trout, you don't really need. You have a great center fielder. But who is another player on another team that you think this guy would genuinely fit on the Mariners? He'd make the team better. Juan. Any of Juan the Soto. Padres Juan first Soto. three batters today. Yeah. Juan oh, Soto. You know Sander what? Bogarts, Manny Machado, Juan Soto leading off for the Padres. I also Pretty forgot... Good. Nelson Cruz was there, and Nelson Cruz wouldn't be my first choice, but I loved him in Seattle, and I would still love to see him in Seattle. Uh, what I need to know, um, what would you have better success with, bunting an MLB pitch or catching a deep MLB fly ball? Fly ball. Do you think yeah, that... for sure. It's. I think it's just because hitting anything with a bat from an from a starting pitcher, yeah. from a any pitcher, would be nearly impossible. Yeah, unless I can guarantee a fastball right down the pipe. Yeah. Nah, it's a it's a fly ball. Well, I just think that the amount of people that think like they could get a home run in a baseball game crazy blows my mind. Crazy. <laughs> like there are people who genuinely are like, yeah, I could uh, I could probably go like I don't know five of fifteen. You know no, what you, you do? Go down to your local simulator and let me know how, how, know how that works Crank it up to out. 90. You're yeah. not even going to see the seams <laughs> on the ball. And then let me know what happens. Uh, what I need to know. Um, when will you guys talk about the upcoming free agency on the NFL? In the NFL? When? Uh, probably every day. Yeah, regularly. We mention it, yeah. I mean, it depends what we got to talk about that day, too. Like, we're still um, um, three weeks away from free agency. Like that. So we'll talk about it as we get closer. We'll probably do profiles on guys that we think are good fits. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't worry. We got you covered. Oh, but we mentioned it. But, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll dive deeper here soon. Yeah, we'll do more. Uh, what I need to know, would you celebrate a snow day if Seattle in Seattle if 710 gave you a notice? Yeah, I, I would always it. celebrate not going to work. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I put a little Bailey's in my coffee that morning. Yeah. We had a snow day here a few years ago. Really? Uh, yeah. I want to say like four or five years ago where it was just, it was a mess out there. No one could get in. Uh, it was all bad. Um, it was like, it was around this time of year too when there's nothing going on. So... It was, a, it was a pretty easy decision, I think. Uh, all right. Uh, what I need to know, um, what are you expecting in today's game? What are you looking to see? It's really, you know what? Like, look fine and be healthy. I don't know. How much do you really invest into Cactus League play outside of just making sure everyone looks okay and gets out healthy? I really, me, I just focus on, excuse me, focus on pitching, honestly. So what do the pitchers look like? I mean, I know it's early on in the in the season, but that's what I'm looking at. Stay healthy, look healthy, 
wins and losses doesn't really matter. Uh, what I need to know, could Bobby Wags become a player slash coach? Like a player coach? Maybe they coach? just mean coach. Nah, they're talking old school like a Bill player Russell. Coach? Player coach. <laughs> coach? <laughs> you have happen. to come in that and be like, okay, I don't know if that, that will ever happen again, ever, ever, ever. Nah, no, no. Never. Never. Uh, could he become a coach? I don't think Bobby... Well, I don't know. I get the impression Bobby Wagner wants to succeed outside of the sports world. And he would talk about business so much. Like, I don't know that he's interested in becoming a coach. Yeah. Why? How many Hall of Famers do you see coaching? Not many. Yeah. I can't think of one. Uh, the 253 rightfully calling us out. Maybe me. Please stop projecting your lifetime failures on everybody just because you could never hit a baseball going 95 miles per hour. Doesn't mean everyone can't hit that. That goes for bump two. <laughs> Why are you mad, bro? You are really mad. Do we grind your gears right now? I hope so. Did you? I hope could you person's... could you have gone pro if you didn't blow out your knee? Let me know. Man. I assumed this person was joking, but what if he's serious? I think he's serious. Don't project your failures on everyone else just because you can't hit failures. a home run off ninety five like I can. First off, I've hit a home run off a of ninety five before, so uh, chill with all that noise. Yeah. I'm just saying I can yeah. do it right now. And secondly, I could if I wanted to, probably. Okay. And if you're joking, it's all love, baby. Yeah, then that's really funny that I really <laughs> laugh. Uh, all right, you guys, that will do it for us today. You have a short show because we are taking you right into Mariners Cactus League opener once again. Uh, go through the lineup really fast. Wong Rodriguez, Franz Hernandez, Suarez, Kelnick, Murphy, Crawford, Ford. No Cal Raleigh today. Robbie Ray on the mound. You are going to hear from Rick Riz to open this thing. Very short pregame, and then they'll take you right into the action at 1215. At 1210, uh, this has been Bump and Stacy. Don't go anywhere.